Don't think healthcare professionals have any business experience? Think again. No topic is off limits as we share tales from our brave hosts who will always tell it like it is. We are hashtag no filter healthcare here to guide you through your healthcare journey are your hosts, Taylor Dunn and Tamara Donda. We want to thank our sponsor Uptime Health, the leading healthcare equipment and compliance management software company for bringing this podcast to fruition. Visit UptimeHealth.com to learn more. Let's get started. Welcome to hashtag no filter healthcare. I'm your co-host Taylor Dunn. And I'm your other co-host, Tamara Donda, and today we have our guest speaker, Gary Bird, who is the founder and managing partner of SMC National. He is also the co-founder of the Dental Marketing Manager Bootcamp, and he is the host of Dental Marketing Theory Podcast. What a resume, Gary. <laughs> I, I keep myself busy. I'm never bored. Yeah. Thanks for having I'd me on, so. guys. Super excited to talk with you guys today. Yeah, great to have you join us. Um, no, we... we looked at your LinkedIn just to make sure, you know, you got to check everything out. And I'm like, I can't leave any of this stuff out. It's just too good. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I also enjoyed having you guys on our podcast. That was a a great show. I think it just released last week on dental marketing theory. So I'd love people to go check you guys out there. I kind of pressed, pressed you guys a little bit on your business and what you guys do and stuff. It was very informative. I learned, I learned a lot from you. It was awesome. You're you're definitely a podcast pro. You put us to shame, but we're really happy to have you here today. So if everyone is uh, watching the video of it, you can actually see Gary's background is way more professional than mine, which is like a blank space. It's kind of embarrassing. So <laughs> It's so cool. It's so cool that uh, uh, neon lights and rocket ships are professional. So I, I, I love I, it. That is awesome. <laughs> It's professional in our eyes. Yeah, so. yeah exactly. <laughs> I, I guess professional. Um, you just look like a legit podcast host, okay? Like, you know what you're doing. I love it. That's awesome. Love uh, it. But anyway, great to have you here. I'd love to just start out by having you tell us a little bit about yourself. How'd you get into dental? Yeah, so I um, ask that question to everybody who comes on my podcast. How did you guys get into dental? And here's what I found. Unless you're a dentist or a hygienist, you are totally here by accident. Uh, everybody ends up in the dental industry by accident. And the other thing that's really weird is once you're in the dental industry, it's almost like you're not allowed to leave. People try to leave, and but they always end up back. Like they'll leave for like a year or two, and, and then the, I see them pop back into the industry, and I'm like, what happened? Oh, I, I tried to go do real estate, or I tried this other, and it wasn't good. I'm Now I'm back in the dental industry. So I'm here totally by accident just like every other person listening to this, unless they're a dentist or a hygienist. And how it happened was uh, I started a marketing agency. We started actually with email marketing. So in 2008, email marketing was like the cutting edge technology. It was before social media was really big. There was really no way to reach your customers outside of sending a postcard or physically calling them. You couldn't direct text yet. Even the POS is the point of sales in all the restaurants and businesses they didn't even communicate with customers yet and those kind of things. That wasn't out yet. And so uh, I I realized I was like, man, this is a great opportunity. Built up a big clientele list. Then I realized like, okay, email marketing is not going to be the thing forever. Like businesses are going to be able to pretty much do this themselves. Um, And so we started adding other services, started working with a bunch of different kinds of companies. And eventually we started working with a dentist. The dentist that we worked with was in a really competitive area there was three other dentists in the same parking lot as them. And we were able to help them go from about $90,000 a month to about $400,000 a month in, in collections. And uh, we did that over a couple years. From there, they referred us to other dental offices. And eventually, we had to make a hard decision of, do we want to serve just dentists or do we want to serve 
everybody. And the reason we couldn't serve everybody is I don't, I really don't think that you can be like super good at everything, even if it's one skill set. And so we decided, you know, we're going to take our skill set and apply it to only dental. And from there, we grew like crazy. We actually, I just found out yesterday, we, you, I got these plaques back here. Um, we made it on the Inc. 5000 list two times, and we just made it a third time in a row, which is crazy to me. Like, we're, we're one of the fastest growing companies in the United States three years in a row. I never set out to do that, but it's a, kind of a byproduct of our team's awesome work and just growing together. So that's that's a little bit about us and how we ended up in the dental industry. Yeah, your your name carries weight in the industry. I have to say that, you know, even before I met you, people knew who you were. So you're even marketing yourself um, really well. So which is part of it, isn't it? <laughs> it is personal brand. I really believe that businesses, especially in small spaces like the dental industry, people associate people with them. But now we're starting to see it even with big companies. When I say uh, Tesla, who do you think of? And when I say Facebook or Elon, yeah, yeah. And he's, they don't, I don't know if people realize this. Tesla spends $0 on marketing and yet they're the most valuable car company in the world. They're more valuable than the top five car companies combined. Um, you, when you think of Meta, who do you think of? When you think of you know these different brands out there, um, even even Apple, we still think of Steve Jobs, and 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 he's not he hasn't been around for a long time. So I really think that when we think of companies, we think of people, and being able to attach your face and who you are and what you're about to your company is a huge hack to be able to grow your business. A hundred percent with you. Well, I wanted to pinpoint something that you guys do really well, which is you guys put together a lot of events and they have a lot of educational content for people in the industry. And I just would love to know, you know, what differentiates your events from all the other conferences in the space? Wonderful question. So anytime that I do something, I always try to think about what other people aren't doing. The last thing I want to do is go do the same thing everybody else is doing. So we don't really call ourselves a marketing company. I kind of think that that marketing, the traditional kind of marketing agency is dying or dead, especially in the dental space. We call ourselves growth partners. And the reason we do that is we don't want to be like everybody else. We want We truly help people not just get leads because anybody can make you know, make your, make uh, a patient interested in you. What the trick is, is getting the right kind of patients into the chair and buying treatment. And it really takes a team effort to do that. Uh, it's not something that you just uh, roll out and press a button and it happens. And so that's where we've niched ourselves. So when we decided to host an event around dental marketing, what we what we really thought through is how can we be different than all the other events out there? Because there's tons of them. So what are the different kinds of events? Well, there's inspirational events. There's tons of those, right? And those are awesome. And I love going to those. But a lot of times you walk away from them going, okay, that's awesome. All these people are doing these awesome things. What do I do now? And And sometimes you get stuck as a business owner and that happens a lot. So I was like, okay, I don't want to be inspirational. Um, and then there's there's entertainment. So there's a lot of people out there that host these events that are giant parties, basically, right? And I'm like, and and people, there's a certain crowd that that attracts. And and for me, that's not what I do. I'm not going to entertain you and I'm not definitely not going to party with you. And so what So what was left is educational. Now, um, the the educational side is, is can be tricky though, because it can be super boring. Um, and so... Uh, what I started to think through is like, what, how do dentists get trained and how do they really like being trained? 
So if you go and look at like the CE classes that a lot of dentists take, what you'll notice is, is that it's usually for a skill set and they usually teach them from A to Z about that skill set and they get their reps in. So that way they can go back to the practice and actually execute on that skill set. So I was like, that's really interesting. And dentists love it, right? They, they love these courses. So I was like, how can I do that with marketing? And so what we did is we hosted our first event was the dental marketing manager bootcamp. And what we did is we just took the patient journey from beginning to end, from the click all the way over to saying yes to treatment or coming back to the office again. And we said, how do we segment this and teach people how to do this themselves? Let's teach them how to do the marketing. Let's teach them how to get the patient in through the door. Let's teach them how to get the patient to say yes to treatment. Let's teach them how to get the patient to come back. Even though a lot of that is in our job as a growth, like as a growth partner, as a traditional marketing company, I know that that's how I'm going to be successful. If I can help these offices uh, understand these things, then we're going to win as a company. And so we really take a lot of time in crafting the content around that in order through the patient journey. So everybody understands where we're at. Everybody understands what the next step is. And, and you can easily lay it over your office and it will apply to everything that you're doing. And you can bring your whole team and get them on board. Cause that's another big thing that I noticed about dental conferences is everybody wants the owner doctor, right? Cause they make the decision, they write the check and they come back from the conference so excited, but the rest of their team is not excited cause they weren't there. And it's, it's impossible to execute that way, impossible. So then what we do is we say, bring your front desk, bring your marketing manager, bring your dental assistant. We got an event coming up in two months called the Full Arch Advantage. And it's where you create, convert, and close Full Arch cases. We're teaching the whole thing from end to end. And we're even sprinkling in some clinical in there as well. And But it's for the whole team. If the whole team comes, everybody gets excited. They go, hey, man, we can really do this now. And now it's not the doctor leading the charge. It's the team leading the charge. So those are those are some of the things that make us different about our events. And we're also, so we got full arch. We have a boot camp at Dykema on how to scale your business. We have uh, the dental marketing manager boot camp, And then we have another one called AlignerCon that we're going to be launching next year. That's how to create, convert, and close more aligners in your office. Amazing. Um, so I have a question to follow up with that. What do you say to people that are like, I'm already, I'm already good on my marketing side. I'm doing what I need to do. We're, we're doing good. What do you say to them? Congratulations. Do you say like, like, do you think that they could still benefit from coming to your events? Like, I feel no. like people think like, Hey, I got it. Figured out. I don't need to go to this event. No, I don't. So, so we only work with people who want to grow. So you might, so sometimes people ask me, uh, Gary, I only have one office. Can I still work with you guys? Are we too small to work with you? My question is, how much do you want to grow that one practice? And if they're like, well, we don't want to grow. We just want to redo our website. We are not the people. We are not the event that you want to go to. Um, if you say, you know what? We're at $200,000 right now and we want to go to $400,000 a month and I'm going to be hiring a new associate and I'm not sure where I'm going to get the new patients to feed my new associate to make sure that they're busy we're the people for you. Or if you say, hey, we're at two offices and we really want to scale to seven offices, we're for you. Or if you say, you know what, I'm a GP office and I can't grow anymore because my hygiene department is totally full and I can't find any more hygienists, which is the number one problem everybody faces right now, but I still want to grow my practice, then you need to add 
full arch or you need to add clear liners so you can actually grow your top line. That's the only way you're going to be able to do it. And so as long as you want to grow, we're for you. If you don't want to grow, then there's there's like a mazillion other companies out there that can help you mainly just manage the things that you got going on. See, and that to me, the way you answered that, I already know that you're a company that truly values what you do and you're doing it for the right reasons. Well, truthfully, think about it. If I asked you that and you're like, this is for everybody, even if you're my thought is, well, is that true? Like, and so I appreciate that you were like, no, it's not for everybody. You have to be willing to grow in order to be successful at these boot camps and these conferences. So yep. I really loved all that information, but you know, it's that time, Gary, it's that time to ask our favorite question. We always say it, here it is. <laughs> See, we thought this was fun. So, okay. Have you ever been stumped when working with the dental office, when it comes to cleaning up their current marketing strategy? Um, like tell us a story about like what, it, what made you kind of think outside of the box? Yes. So all the time, um, we bump into trouble with these kind of things, like all the time. And, and I'll be honest with you, like, we're not, we're just like anybody else. Like if you ask a dentist, are a hundred percent of your customers happy with you or patients happy with you? Of course the answer is no. And are the hundred percent of our customers happy with us? Of course the answer is no, right? You can't, unless you only work with one person and you've just made them really happy. Like there's no way to keep everybody happy all the time. Although that's the goal, it just doesn't happen. And so what, what ends up happening a lot of times where we get stumped is there's a couple different things in the dental industry that's very confusing around marketing. And a lot of it has to do with tracking marketing. So one of the things that's really confusing is an office will come and work with us and they'll say, okay, I'm getting 100 new patients a month and I want you to help me get to 150. So we say, okay, great. So we come in and we start working with them and we start helping them get to that goal and they start growing, they get to 110, 120, but then all of a sudden they drop back down to 80 and they go like house is on fire, right? What's going on? And we start looking at the numbers and we go, oh, your patient referrals dropped by 40%. And this happens all the time. And they're like, what do you mean my patient referrals dropped? Because nobody tracks this, right? So it's like, look, and we do. So we go in and we go, look, we, we were providing you were before you started working with us, you were getting about 50 new patients a month from referrals and you were getting about 50 from marketing. And then we came in, we got you to 120. So then you were getting 70 from marketing and 50 from patient referrals, but your patient referrals just dropped by 30. And I, this is a real scenario. This actually happened. You just dropped uh, from 50 down to 20. You lost 30 patient referrals in one month. Wh why do you think that happened? Oh, we just lost two hygienists. Oh, okay. Yeah, that will happen. So what, what happens is, is you lose a hygienist, the patient comes back or they, they, you know, they come to the clinic, they got a new hygienist and then they stop referring to you. They stop telling their friends how amazing you are. They stop bringing their family because they're now they're getting to know this new person. And so automatically everybody goes, that's marketing's fault. It's, that's not a marketing KPI. That is an operational KPI that looks and feels like a marketing KPI, patient referrals. And so those kind of nuances, people do not like. Uh, we try to explain, we try to educate, but in, in the heat of the uh, battle, some people will get very, very angry about that. And there's not, to be honest with you, there's not a lot you can do besides either spend more on marketing, which no one wants to hear that when their new patients are down, or you can try to get your patient referrals back up, but that takes three to six months to get back there. Like if you open a de novo today and said, give me, 50 patient referrals, not possible. Month two, 
Still not possible. Month three, still, it's not till about six to 12 months that you're going to be able to get numbers like that because it takes time to build those relationships and then it takes time for the patient to come back and it takes time for them to tell their friends and family and all that takes time. And nobody likes that because people want instant solves from marketing. But that again, patient referrals is not a marketing. It's not a, definitely not an external marketing KPI. At best, it's an internal marketing KPI. And we don't, I can't control. I wish I could control your hygienist not quitting and stuff like that, but I, unfortunately we can't. Speaking of KPIs, one of the biggest things that is is becoming, you know, very difficult to track is influencers. So, you know, a lot of companies are looking at, and I personally have an opinion about this. We may overlap. I don't understand the need to use an influencer when you should make your CEO or your management team the influencer of your brand, right? So tell us a little bit about that. Have you dealt with any dental offices that are like, I need an influencer? Yeah. So, well, let's go to the, like the biggest, right? So if you go all the way to the top, which is like Invisalign or um, Smile Direct Club, right? They use influencers and they pay a lot of money, millions of dollars to some of the biggest names on TikTok and Instagram and these other social platforms. And it works really well for them, okay? But why does it work really well for them? Well, it's because they're a national brand. They are national like Tesla or Apple or even my company. I'm national. So I can post a TikTok or a video and, and I can talk about dental or I can do a podcast and literally anybody in the United States or even the whole world is my potential client. Here's the problem though. If you're a local dental office with one location in, you know, Austin, Texas, that the influence, if you get a million views on a video, only a small, small, small percentage of those are going to be local to be able to buy from you. Now, can people build businesses around that? Yeah, they can. The biggest influencer in dental is the Bentist. Right? Do you guys know who the Bentist is? You guys seen his videos? He does, he does a bunch of videos. Okay. Love him or hate him, it doesn't matter. He's the biggest influencer in dental. So, well, with that kind of influence, he should own hundreds of offices, right? He doesn't. I think he owns one. Why? Because you, it's not a scalable thing. You can't go build something and get a bunch of influence on a local, on a local brand. He's starting a marketing company. Why? because he can get dental offices from all over the country that watch his videos to buy his product. He sells toothbrushes. Why? Because anybody can buy a toothbrush. So dental is always local and it's always going to be local unless you sell like a clear aligner or something like that. And, and so I don't, I don't see influencers playing a huge role in this where I do see influencers like to your point is when a dentist becomes an influencer, then they get a bunch of new patients from that but it's for one location and it's for one brand. It's it's not a multi-location brand. If you're like, oh man, I want to grow to 30 offices, 40 offices, influencing is not going to be the way that you need to do it. You need a predictable new patient flow strategy and it's not going to be through uh, just, you know, influencer marketing. So that's my two cents on it. Yeah, I agree. I don't, I don't, you know, I, I see influencers trying to sell things all the time but when it comes to like e-commerce right where they can just like sell a handbag then yes. yeah i'd like the handbag but with dental 
you know, there's like, it's a service. It's a service that's not really loved in the industry either. And so it's very difficult to be an influencer in dental. So I 100% agree. <laughs> uh, I 100%. will say what, where if you guys want to talk about the juicy stuff, what is more interesting to me is the influencers within dental that are influencers to sell dentist things. And a lot of times the things that they're endorsing, they're paid for to endorse. And so you have, that is a far, I've had that come up on our podcast quite often of should these guys that are pumping all these products out there as influencers, should they be disclosing that they're getting paid for this or is, or should, are they allowed to kind of pretend like they're just doing it out of the goodness of their heart? That's a very interesting topic to me that I think hits home with a lot of, uh, to a lot of dentists to really think through. Yeah, absolutely. Oh my God. And that can get crazy too. Cause it's like, who do you trust? Right. Exactly. So one, so one thing is one thing to help people. I'm on your guys's no filter uh, podcast. You guys didn't tell me what to say. I didn't pay to be on here. You didn't pay me to come on here to say anything. When you came on my podcast, did I, did I charge you guys? Nope. I just said, Hey, I would love to talk to you and learn. That's, that's, that right there is where you have, like for me, I want to be able to say whatever I want to say, whenever I want to say it about whoever I want to say it about without fear of, Oh no, I'm going to lose a contract or I'm going to lose a deal. And I think that's really, really important. But I do have something funny to share with you. Just popped into my mind because I have been censored one time. So um, so I did a video and I did a video on rating a two-star dental office versus a five-star dental office. And I went to the five-star dental office. And keep in mind, I go to the dentist regularly. I just went to my dentist. They said, you're totally healthy. Nothing, no work is needed. Well, I, I came to this... Um, five-star dental office. And they said, Oh, we need to take out all of your fillings and put all new fillings in. And I was like, okay. Then I went to the two-star dentist same day, did the x-rays, everything. They're like, Oh, you're good. You don't need any work done. Just come back in six months and get your teeth clean. So I made a video like, Hey, did I get scammed? It went viral. I got about two million, just shy of 2 million views in like a couple days. And, but everybody in the comments was trashing dental, like absolutely trashing them. Dentist, like dentists are scam artists, scam. This happened to me. This happened to my cousin. And I was like, uh, I was kind of torn. Like, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to try to respond to everybody and let them know that there are good dentists out there. There's actually a lot of good dentists and very honest dentists. There's a couple bad apples, just like anything else. And the, the comments got out of control. Like I couldn't, I didn't have the manpower to keep up. And so it started, the video started getting posted in some dental boards and dental Facebook groups. And they're like, Hey, what do you guys think of Gary's video? Do you think it's helpful to the dental industry? Or do you think it's hurting the dental industry? And of course they were like, Oh, this is, so you work with dentists, you, t you market dentists, but at the same time you're trashing us. And I was like, I, I could see how you think that I'll, I'll pull down the video. And so I pulled it down. Um, that was the one time that I did have to censor myself. That is funny, but I kind of like that authentic viewpoint. Because, you know, I think that that's what people really want to see when they go to these offices, because I feel like people can get all of these reviews done on Google. But like, how do you really know that this experience is going to be the same? Um, how do you know that they're going to be consistent, right? They may have been really good for those six or seven reviews or even 60 reviews. But then that one time that you come in, is just a bad day. So right. like... I think there's also like multiple sides to this and knowing that there's real people behind that, like know that everybody has stuff going on, right? Like even if you go to a lawyer or, or a HEB cash register person, like it's the same situation, right? Everybody's human and they make mistakes, but 
knowing the healthcare behind it and the importance of dental care, I think is where the education comes in. And I think you're doing a great job at that. Thank you. That means a lot to me. It really does. I, I sometimes I'm, I wonder like, am I going the right direction? Cause you really don't know. There's no roadmap for it. You know? No, I think you're doing a great job. So tell us a little bit about these strategies, right? You're, you're putting together these plans for these companies, um, for these dental offices, you know, what's kind of your go-to or your secret sauce Good question. So it's a, it's a collective approach. And what I mean by that is, is that first you have to understand where you're at, which most dental offices don't. So they, they say, yeah, we're getting a hundred new patients a month, but we don't know from where. So first you have to figure that out and we help them with that. And then from there we figure out where do you want to go and why? And like, can you like, it's wild. So people, anytime I ask a dentist, like how many new patients do you want? Uh, infinite as many as you can give me. And it's like, okay, that's cool. And I get it. But how, like, is your, do you have, do you have capacity in your hygiene department? No, we don't, we don't have anything open for the next two weeks. Okay. Well, you can't get hygiene patients, right? Like you have to, you have to actually think through this stuff. So that's the first thing is that we're trying to figure out where their operational bandwidth really falls. So like I I have this thing called the black hole of marketing that I go through. And to give you an example, uh, the average, I'll, I'll have you guess, Guess what the average unanswered call rate is during normal business hours for dental offices in the United States? How many calls? God, go it's got it's got to be so it's got to be so high because I just know from my personal experience I can never get to the front desk. Um, probably like seventy percent. Really close. A good guess. So it's sixty five percent of calls are answered during normal business hours, which is that's cr- insane. Which is insane. If you were in any other business, you would just shut down. Like you wouldn't be able to be open. <laughs> And, I know it's literally just put a put a do not enter sign in front of your office. Yeah. So then so then guess what the oh, average God. phone conversion is for a marketing new patient coming in. So if you just flip a coin and I just send a, a new patient from marketing to any dental office in the United States and Susan answers the phone, what's Susan's conversion rate going to be on average? A hundred percent. I mean, because at that point they they're bought in right? And they're trying to get on the phone. All you got to do is answer it and set them up. That's what they're calling you for. (laughs) Here's where your mind's going to be blown. It's 50%. Oh my God. All right. So, so then, (laughs) then on top of it right now, you have same day cancellations. And for some people are up as high as 30% because they're either putting their patients too far out. They're giving too much information on the phone. Patients are scared of something. So, so guess what you do? Those numbers I just gave you. If you start with $10,000 in marketing, you end up with about, and this is assuming you have perfect marketing. Like you work with the best marketing company in the world that literally knows everything about everything in dental and they're giving you perfect marketing. You start with $10,000, you end up with about $2,000 through the door. Then when you look at, you're only going to recare about 30% of them, that means you end up with about what? $600 of that actually coming back over again. And most dental offices have no idea this is happening. They, it's totally invisible to them. And they have this glass ceiling. They're like, man, I'm, we stopped growing. I can't grow anymore. I don't know what to do. Do I hire more people? Do I do this? And they can't really figure it out because they don't want to hire people because they don't have more new patients coming in. And so it's like this chicken and egg. And in reality, what it is, is they got this black box of marketing. And it's really not even none of that stuff I told you is really marketing. It's all operational. And so if you even have just decent, if you're just have above average, which is just decent in most industries, 
of operations where you're answering the phone, you can at least convert some of the people and you can get them in pretty quickly. You are going to be kill it. You will kill it with mediocre marketing. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Cause it is, it's all about the conversion. And if, even if it's a small pool that you're bringing in for marketing, if you've got somebody at the end, like it's all about the funnel, right? So top of funnel, very easy. Middle of the funnel, it gets hard. Yeah. It's the end of the funnel that <laughs> yeah. you need to drive. And it's so disappointing as a marketing person. Cause you're like, God, I got them all the way here. And then you're just not going to answer the phone. Yeah. It's so frustrating. Well, so that's why I, we started tracking all it. this. Cause I would literally work with yeah, people. And they, you can say, yes, they would they'll say, blame you. They're going to blame you. That's yeah. why I, oh, it's, I started tracking it for very selfish reasons. I'd have people that'd be like, you guys suck at what you do. And I'm like, this doesn't even make sense. These numbers (laughs) don't even add up. And so I'm like, okay, I'm going to track this now. Like I remember the first phone calls I started listening to uh, at a dental office. And I was like, oh, your office is filtering people on purpose. What? Here, listen to these 10 calls. The doctor like freaked out. Right. And it's, 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 it's unfortunate, but that's the honest truth. And, and to be honest with you with, with anything in marketing, marketing's hard in any business, but in dental, because it's so invisible. And and here's the other thing. Dentists hate sales. So you'll never meet a salesperson inside of a dental organization, right? And it's because dentists are like, no, you're not a salesperson. We don't do sales. And which is fine, but marketing only works if you have sales. So who are the salespeople? I'll give them to you. It's your front desk. Who's your lowest paid person in your office. But let's flip this around to other industries the highest paid people at almost every company outside of like the executives are the sales. Why? Cause you know that they are the ones that need to close the deal. But in dental, the lowest paid salespeople are the front desk. And if they're actually good at their job, like they answer the phone and they can convert, what's the first thing the dental office does? Oh, you should start doing billing. Oh, you should come back here and be a treatment coordinator or you should come up here. And so you, you, you hire the youngest and low paid people at the front desk and if they're actually good at what they do, you take them out of that position and move them somewhere else. Well, yeah, no duh that you can't get new patients in. That's that's not a winning strategy. Yeah. So I say if you're going to take anything away from this podcast is hire, hire sales rep, right, <laughs> to be your front desk. Because yes. <laughs> they're technical, you pay them good, and they're going to get them through the door. So, hey, that's a win-win. I, yep. I think it's also good to notice here that you're talking about when you go into a dental office, you're fixing the underlying issues instead of just overlapping on top of things and just being like, let's let's ignore that problem and just give you all these strategies and things to try out, which I think is also a huge mistake that a lot of companies, you know, they come in, they provide all these solutions, but they don't look at what's wrong. Yeah, no, it's, 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 I get that all the time. They're like, well, can you just run Facebook ads? And it's like, well, yeah, we, we can, but is that going to, do you want results or someone just to run Facebook ads? Well, I thought that's what we're supposed to do. Or I just want SEO. That will solve all my problems. No, that's not how it works. Like it's, it, it, it's much more complicated than that for you to get results. And that's, that's the hard part to get that across in a way that people don't think that we're just trying to scam them, right? Because at the same time, I get it. I am the marketing guy. So I would say these things. But there's a reason that most marketing companies don't even touch this stuff because it's just easier to, to stay away from it and just work with the people that that are going to come and tell you what to do, build my website, do my SEO, and then just do it. And then, then and again... I did that for a while and I hated it because I couldn't have my opinions. So like... 
they would come to me and be like, do this, do that. But then I'm like, Ooh, it doesn't, you know, you're not, you're not tracking that attribution. You're not tracking that button. It doesn't make sense there. Like, so now I'm just like, I'm a no filter person when it comes to marketing. So this podcast is perfect, but like, (laughs) boy, come to me and you ask me for Facebook ads. I'm going to be like, why was it good for you in the past? You know, like where's the data that shows that it's good. Yeah. Yeah. So, so so it's interesting. So we have a dashboard that tracks like lifetime value, ROI conversions, but what it doesn't track is all those little nuances. The doctors are like, what's your cost per click or what's your cost per million and da 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 And I'm like, you guys don't need to know that. You're getting patients at this cost through the door and they're buying this much treatment. That's what you need to know. Is that ha- make you happy? If yes, then great. Because it's like me. If I go to the dentist and I'm like, oh, my tooth hurts. And they start explaining to me biology about why my tooth hurts. I'm going to be like, bro, I don't care. Just get me out of pain and get me back to normal. And, and, and a lot of times dentists want to be marketing experts. And to be frank with you, a dentist doing their own marketing and being a marketing expert is like me being a dentist and doing my own dental checkups and doing hygiene or trying to straighten my own teeth. Oh, it's so true. Oh, I love it. This podcast is great. That's oh, the, this is the best episode. <laughs> the, the term boot camp comes in, right? <laughs> Got to put yeah. in the work. But- well, that's why we do. That's why we do the boot camps is that we need a way to show people how complicated it is. And then that gets people either bought in or pushed out. And when they get bought in, they're like, cool, we're going to partner with you to get to where we want to go. Not, all right, fine. We're just want somebody to run Facebook ads. They realize it's not that simple. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Gary, thank you for being on today's episode. It was actually so much fun. I had a great time. I, I expected nothing less though. Honestly, I already got to do one po- podcast with you, which everyone should go check out. Janesh and I were on Gary's podcast, Dental Marketing Theory, and it was great. So that's live. Um, please take a look at that. Um, and to learn more about SMC National or Gary's Marketing Bootcamp or the podcast, you can visit smcnational.com. Um, don't forget to subscribe to our podcast or comment below if you have any questions for us. Thanks again, Gary. Thanks.